0: What's going on, everybody? Episode 12 of Pat's Interference is here. It is November 18th. Alabama tops Mississippi State 31 to six. Big win. This episode, we talk about Jake Coker's performance and what he has to do for the rest of the season for Alabama to be successful. We talk Derek Henry's Heisman hopes, and we rank Alabama's running backs in the Nick Saban era. All that and much more. You don't want to miss it. This is Pat's Interference. How's it going, everybody? Alabama gets their ninth win of the season, and this is episode twelve of Pat's Interference. It is November eighteenth. I hope everybody is doing well. I am Patrick Norwood,
1: and I'm Patrick Brickman. How is everyone doing?
0: Uh, how are you doing? How are you a doing?
1: Sick. Patrick? I don't know if a you can hear thick. me. I'm a little sick, but we're doing pretty well.
0: We're doing is pretty Is the wife, well. is what, the wife sick point? too?
1: She. We're both sick. We are both under the weather. I probably won't even be going to work tomorrow, but. I still got a podcast.
0: You have to, but you got to. Are you sick enough to the point where I need to come to Panama City Beach?
1: I would like that. You know, we haven't seen each other since uh, my wedding last November. Coming last up no- on... almost, almost a full year. And in four days, it'll be a whole year since we've seen each other.
0: That's sad. That, that makes me really sad. You, who were we playing that day? Alabama was playing somebody. Who was, I, was it? Was Chattanooga? it Chattanooga? was just
1: like this week. Yeah, it was Chattanooga. It was the cupcake It was cupcake Chattanooga.
0: Game. Huh.
1: That's why we planned our wedding that day.
0: Yeah, you know. Full disclosure, I was checking the score during your wedding. Full disclosure, so was I. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, Lane, I'm so sorry. Oh, oh Lane. Anyway, okay. let's get All back let's, on track. Let's get into it. Uh, welcome everybody again. This is episode. Uh, this is episode 12, right? Yeah, this is yeah, episode this is 12, 12. Charleston Southern. Uh, not a huge week this week, but. You know we're gonna we're gonna focus on it anyway because Lord knows what'll happen if we don't. With uh, well, Nicky Nick will tell you it's a big week. Nick will kill us if we don't treat it like a big week. So we're gonna go ahead and do that. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at pi underscore podcast on Facebook at Pat's interference. That is P A T S interference. Uh, you can go to our website at PatsInterference.com, com or you can find all of our episodes on iTunes. Now something about iTunes. Patrick. Yeah, small disclaimer we, coming we, here. We've got to, we got we got to talk.
1: Friends, um, ba- family, basically, w- where we upload our podcasts, you either have to pay out the wazoo or you get a free amount of storage. So what we've had to do is delete some of our early podcasts, and those will probably disappear off of iTunes, and we'll keep putting the new ones on there. And then we're going to find a way to use our website to archive all of them because we all we know will, how bad you listeners want to go gonna, back and listen to us talk yeah. about the Wisconsin game. So.
0: We're you know? we're going to uh, talk to our website coordinator Tyler Cohen and see what we can do about that. He's he's a wizard. If there's anybody that can do it, he can do it. And if if he can't do it, it just can't be done. And you'll he's have like, to email us to get past episodes. But anyway, we'll we're we will figure all horror that horror. out. Patrick, let's move on to something that we need to talk about, and we haven't talked about and it's not on the docket. I realized when I was addressing the people that listen to this, we don't have a name for them yet. At all. Like, you know, like Colin Coward has the herd. I don't I'm not a huge fan of Colin Coward, but that's an example. Yeah, we don't have any. Could, could we call them the interferers? Because that just sounds a little weird. You know, we can workshop it a bit. I don't hate that. It's a little long, but it's 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 long. But I feel like there's something there and we've, we need to work with that. Yeah, we'll workshop we work it. We'll that. come up with something for you next week. Alabama beats Mississippi State 31 to 6. Pretty good game. Very good to bounce back after an emotional win. Second uh, half was huge. Second half was big. Alabama did not have that much offensive momentum. A couple big plays here and there. But we're gonna start off with the defensive side of the ball. Patrick, what did you see from Alabama's defense that impressed you most on Saturday?
1: Uh when we talked about to each other after the game on the phone, I was saying that I can't tell if this game or the LSU game was the best game of the season. Uh because there were still 300 yards passing but it it was all for nothing I mean defense had nine sacks um the, Mississippi state couldn't really do anything uh, it, early it was Ben Badeau break we had a we had a goal line stand the first quarter but after that first quarter after that goal line stand they barely sniffed yeah. our side of the field it, I mean it, it was, was
0: tough to get momentum yeah for sure
1: uh it was like it was like an ostrich running away from a cheetah we were just chasing the dude down sometimes he yeah. get away for five yards but we had nine sacks that's the most we've had since 1998 and the most that uh nick saban's had at alabama so that's huge i mean it's been what he's been here when, seven years now seven i mean six, when seven, you eight eight
0: think years. of all the front sevens that nick said yeah. eight years it's been here all eight the pass rushers right? we've had with the dariuses and of course my baby the upshaws this the is upshaws, the Upshaws, rolando mcclain dante hightower Trey a priest i mean you you start going down the list Ooh, I mean, this is the best pass rusher we've had, and they showed that on Saturday. I agree. I agree. I think I think when you talk about all those guys we just mentioned, they were great other than Dante Hightower and Courtney Upshaw. I think all those guys were great at different points in their, you know, their times at Alabama. I don't think any of those guys were together and great like we do this season, like we've got this season. Terrence Cody is another guy you could throw with Rolando McClain, sort of. But you got to remember, Terrence Cody wasn't in that many plays because he was. I would take Ashawn
1: Robinson over Terrence Cody every day of the week.
0: Well, yeah, I agree. With I'm you.
1: getting close to taking Ragland over Hightower. I would take Jonathan mm-hmm. Allen, almost, not quite, but I'm very close to saying I'd take Jonathan Allen as a pass, just purely as a pass rusher, over Marcel Darius.
0: That's interesting. Close. I might, I might agree with you. I, I want to wait and see how they do, how he pans out in the NFL. Now, here's the yeah. here's question. I don't think he's going to be the number two pick. I think Robinson could be a top five. But, man,
1: we've got a lot of talented players on that line.
0: Do you compare Reggie Ragland more to someone like Dante Hightower or someone like Rolando McClain?
1: I actually could put him closest to C.J. Mosley with the impact
0: great he call. makes. How did we not um, mention C.J. Mosley in all of this?
1: Yeah, exactly. The, the, he's... He, he, Mosley and Ragland are both very vocal. They're both very heart and soul as far as the defense is concerned.
0: Jesse Williams.
1: Uh, all over the field, everywhere. All, at every play, Ragland's involved. Every play, Mosley was involved. Mosley's going to be a uh, pro baller for years. So yeah. I'd love to see yeah. Ragland in that, in that light. But that's who I kind of compare him to in my mind.
0: Yeah. Uh, CJ Mosley had a great game the other night, by the way. I don't know. I don't remember. I guess that was the Sunday night game. Uh, Too so bad, bad they got robbed. Played a great game played a great game uh, great story a little side note I, I mentioned Jesse Williams and CJ Mosley sort of back to back because there is a very specific day on Alabama's campus that I'll remember forever because I was walking to class one afternoon and I had my headphones in I was listening to Kanye like you know I was frequent to do prone to uh, do yeah. I was you know how I walk I walk really really fast for anyone that knows well, you remember me, you know one of the I first
1: walk. conversations we ever had together was about Kanye but keep going
0: yeah, yeah, because he's hilarious. I don't, I don't think he's smart. I, he just, I love laughing at people who don't really care what they say or do, or don't really think about it, and just think there's not going to be consequences. So he makes and me make laugh. But anyway, beats. and they make sick beats. And he made sick beats. These beats are dope. Uh, I'm walking across campus listening to Kanye, and all of a sudden I look up and Jesse Williams is in my way. Or I guess I was in his way at that point. And we're both wearing the same – it was after the national championship against uh, LSU. So we're wearing the same, like, you remember, the the national champion shirt with the helmet on it and everything. It's the 14, you know. He literally – Patrick, I'm not kidding. With his left hand, when walking across the quad, picks me up and just sort of moves me off the sidewalk and places me back down. And I know (laughs) I'm not a big guy, okay? But this was one-handed, and he just, like, in the, in the most Jesse Williams way ever, just kind of looked back and smirked, and then we just went, hey, nice shirt, and just kept walking. So give you a good day, mate? That happened. No, he did not. That happened. <laughs> Later that day, I'm in the library, and I'm about to log off. I had just gotten done with my work. I was about to go back and hang out with, uh, I guess it was Tyler. It was our website coordinator. Tyler. I think Tyler and I were going to go grab dinner. And, uh, so I'm turning off my computer and when it's busy and gorgeous, you know, a lot of people will sort of walk up behind you and say, Hey, are you done with that and stuff? Well, all of a sudden the light that was behind me was just eclipsed and my keyboard was dark and I turn around and CJ Mosley is standing behind me with one sheet of paper and one pencil. And he just, he said, are you done with this computer? I was like. (laughs) Yes, sir. Yes, I am. You may have this computer. Yes, sir. I am done with it. Uh, and so I, I'll give I it got to him, up even if
1: I wasn't done. And then
0: I set, and he sat down, and I, I walked away. But yeah, and that was right after his hip injury, too. If you remember that
1: play, I do remember that.
0: So he's kind of hobbling around, that. but yeah, I'll never forget that day. Uh, that was that was fun. That was fun. Okay, let's move on. Uh, going on to the offense, Patrick. Uh, I'm going to talk about Derrick Henry a little bit. 22 carries for 204 yards, two touchdowns, two huge runs his longest of the season 74 yards it reminded me a little bit Patrick a little bit of 2009 Mark Ingram uh plays LSU gets a little Heisman hype people start making the signs people start throwing out the pictures on Facebook and whatnot and uh you know he's picking up steam picking up steam picking up steam not having a real great game against Mississippi State and then all of a sudden he's off to the races uh it was Mark Ingram's longest run in a crimson jersey, or I guess a white jersey, because he was in Starkville that night. Uh, and that's exactly what I thought of when I saw Derrick Henry sprinting down the middle of the field. Uh, I gotta say,
1: that second touchdown that Henry had was, if you really look at it, it was probably the most impressive run he's ever had. The second one, where he <laughs> cut it, bounced it outside, which he doesn't do all that often. Never. Turned done. on the Jets, The uh, it, was, it was a corner a safety, some little guy had had the angle on him. I looked at my wife while we were watching, I go, dang it, this would be really cool if it was a long touchdown run. Next thing you know, he just sticked out the arm, stuck out the arm, and uh, the little corner, the little safety, just went down. Like, yep. it, 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 he my didn't favorite part Henry about at that all. run. Henry did not budge at all, and he was running full speed.
0: My just favorite part about that run going. is, if you look, there's an angle that's down the sideline, I'm sure you've seen it. And Lane Kiffin's running behind him yeah. and throws, like, a phantom stiff arm. And then when the guy <laughs> falls, he does, like, this huge fist pump. It's beautiful. <laughs> it's, it is beautiful. It's cool. Uh, it's awesome. So, yeah, shades of Mark Ingram in that. Uh, picking up some Heisman hype. And then, you know, just – I was talking about his first run because it was – I mean, the runs look identical. I wish I could put them side by side. But, A, I don't have that much time. And, B, I'm not that interested in doing it. Um, Jake Coker – 15 for 25, 144 yards, touchdown and a pick. Most touchdown of that was a long touchdown run. A catch, great, I mean great, a great play by Calvin Ridley. My favorite play of the whole year. Everybody's been focusing on Calvin Ridley's juke in that play. And while some people saw it, I feel like it got overlooked. Kenyon Drake's block. Oh my word. Uh, that and,
1: uh, that and, uh, what's his name's block? Um, uh. Ardarius Stewart. Darius Stewart's uh, block there running down the
0: sideline at the end. He's right. the one that made the touchdown. And that was, that was, yeah, that was clutch. Kenyon Drake cleaned some dude's clock. I mean, I don't think that guy's woken up yet. Uh, <laughs> he obliterated him over on the side of that play. Um, we're going to get into Kenyon Drake in a little bit. But, Patrick, let's go back to Jake Coker. Like I said, 15 for 25, 144, a touchdown and a pick. The pick looks like every other interception he's thrown this year. He's about yes. to get hit instead of either tucking the ball and falling down like Peyton Manning would and he probably should, or Ryan Tannehill or scrambling and throwing it out of bounds or throwing it at the shoes of one of his linemen. He just throws it up. He throws it up. Is this a cause for concern and how often should we expect to see this? Is this a trend? Is it-
1: it's I mean, a cause for concern if we want to win the national championship. Yes, we got to I think we're the best team in the country. I think we have uh, almost everything you could ask for in a football team. I think our link, weakest link is at quarterback, and uh, that, that doesn't always fly very well. Um, no. it, you know, In the games last year, even, where as much as we love Blake Sims, and the games where Blake Sims struggled, we struggled. And when Coke are struggling, we're struggling. Uh, so if we get into the playoff and we're playing – Ohio State or Clemson or someone that's going to make us pay because Coker is, you know, if all it takes is a pass rush to get Coker to just not even throw an interception that's like, these are just, he throws it up. He just throws it up. It's not like he's even really, I mean, he's aiming for a guy, but he's really just trying not to get sacked.
0: I wish we could get him to use that sort of witch magic that Matty Malk has when he's about to get brought down and he just yanks it up for 80 yards.
1: <laughs> I wish we had. Unfortunately, teach that move. unfortunately, right, uh, I think I don't know. Uh, Coker, Coker's our weakest link, and I think a lot of the, I think a lot of people would would agree with that. That, you know, you're getting a great game out of him if he gets you 150 yards, and yeah. that kind of takes us into the next point, which was what we asked if, if Henry happens to play poorly.
0: Not even like, play we, poorly. Can, if, if somebody just, figures out how to shut Henry down, can this offense score
1: points? Yeah, and if I don't. The don't offensive think line has him. a bad game, or something like that. Dude, we don't score because you can't. We can't rely on Coker's arm. We can't because if they're shutting down Henry, that means they're hitting Henry in the backfield, which means we're now having to throw the ball, which means they're hitting Coker in the backfield, and Coker cannot function under pressure his brain does not function no. well under pressure
0: it does not he's, he's I, don't, a good scrambler I don't think he, twice
1: a game but yeah uh, other than that he's throwing the ball up he's taking stupid sacks and he's throwing interceptions
0: and the, that's the not gonna that bother me State. with Jake coker when he rolls out stands there for three seconds then gets hit for a sack if you're gonna roll out throw it out of bounds you can throw it 80 rows into the stance as long as it passes the line of scrimmage you can throw wherever you want it's incomplete. I, I just I don't understand it. I, I really don't. Um, so no, I, I don't think this offense can score points without Derrick Henry, which makes me a little nervous. But honestly, luckily if you they're asking, functioning
1: better as a unit. But if, if that you were to would break have down,
0: asked me in two thousand nine, though, if I thought that Alabama could score points without the play of Mark Ingram, I probably would have said no. I love Greg McElroy. I think he's a lot smarter at a higher football IQ than Jake Coker. But I just – I'm not really sure if we would have scored that many points without Mark Ingram that season.
1: You're right. You're right. But last year with Blake Sims and Amari Cooper, different story because there actually were chunks and games altogether where Yeldon and and Henry were uh, not shut down but not as effective as we've seen this year and in 2009. And we put up plenty of points. Our offense was great last year. Now our running back is great. There's a difference. Yep. But our defense is better, and that's why we're still looking at being in the playoff. Special teams, um, two two really things to look at, and actually uh, the thing I'm going to let you talk about here was was what Cyrus Jones did, and really uh, kind of brought us out of our post LSU haze because we always have that that post LSU kind of yep. sluggishness, and uh, Cyrus took us out of it.
0: Yeah, Cyrus with a huge. I mean, we've we've been talking about, or I've been talking about it all season. You nodded along. You know, while like well, I've now. worn my tinfoil hat and drank the Kool-Aid. But, I you know, I really enjoy the play of Cyrus Jones. I know he's not the greatest cornerback ever. I, I know he's probably not even the best cornerback on this team or the best safety on this team. I like the way he plays. I like his attitude. I like the fact that he's got a chip on his shoulder, but he doesn't taunt people unless, well, he does taunt people. Let's just call it what it is. He does, but I like that about him because I feel like he does it in moderation, and he's a guy, you know, in hockey, Patrick, I know you know so much about hockey. So Yeah, I follow is, it every day. This is no new. Did you news see that save either. that the Predators goalie made? There <laughs> God. There are we're gonna get to that later. There are guys in hockey that you put on the ice just to start a fight and give your team a boost. It's every team has one. If you don't have one, you usually don't make the playoffs. Uh some teams do but it's sort of gone down a little bit since you know concussions and all that but i i think cyrus jones is kind of the enforcer for this alabama team when they need a spark when they need some momentum they need somebody to look to and say hey he's pumped he's ready to go i can get behind that i think cyrus is that guy and i think he proved it with that touchdown he had that uh, another
1: name that i'm just gonna throw in there tim williams that guy gets yeah. the team pumped, too. But yeah. keep going about Cyrus.
0: No, I, I agree with you. But, yeah, no, Cyrus, uh, great vision on that play, too. I didn't think he had any room to run. Uh, you know, split the seam, headed up, broke it out towards the sideline. I mean, just outran everybody. Just exactly what he was supposed to do. Um, great play. I hope we see at least one more of those. I Honestly, I really hope he saves this next one for the college football playoff. If Alabama That'd be nice. makes it.
1: That would or be the nice. I know you've been wanting
0: it. to see one. I'm glad he got one for you.
1: I'm glad yeah. he got one for you. I, I the, other guy, the other guy the uh, other guy that we talk about pretty much every week now is, is Adam Griffith. Um, made a long field goal, had another one blocked. If you throw that block, and we, we covered this last week, so I'm not going to get too much into it, uh, Griffith, 14 of his last 16. The other block, the block wasn't his fault. Um, great play by the special teams for Mississippi State. Maybe a little bit of a low kick, but... Um, I think the guy – I really hope the block doesn't throw his groove off because he didn't kick again after that, so we didn't get to see. But uh, listen, I said it last week. I think that maybe we were overstating his struggles. Maybe his back really was injured. And and if that's the case, props to Nick Saban for sticking by the guy and keeping him in there uh, when every fan in the nation was calling for his head. Um, So good job, Adam Griffith. Good game. Um, but not perfect in the way that uh, sets us up for the rest of the year. Obviously, we had some injuries.
0: Yeah, yeah, had some injuries. Uh, let's let's go to the ones that are maybe less concerning, and then work our way backwards. Uh, Foster, uh, Ruben Foster went out with a wrist injury. We've heard he's fine. Uh, he will be back. Minka Fitzpatrick, scary injury. Uh, a know, lower extremity. If you're listening a l- to Ali LaForce. Ali extremity. Talking about his lower extremity. Vern, I'm, back I'm, I'm to happy. You. I hope he has two of those, by the way. Good God, I really hope he has two. My sound off next week is going to be about sideline reporters. We've we got <laughs> we've got to have a chat with Allie. I, I loved I loved Tracy Wolfson. Hey, coach, coach, great game out here. Uh, love Heather Cox. Heather Cox does an awesome job. She Rachel does. Nichols does pretty well. Allie LaForce is terrible. Not good at her job.
1: Aaron I Andrews, can, not I, good I can, at her
0: job. I can help
1: you with the alley of the force because I've been making fun of her for something she did in the Georgia game for weeks. Anyway, one more injury we'll to discuss.
0: To um, Tune in next Kenyan
1: week. Dra- Kenyon Drake uh, was really the big one that we were taking away from it. Yeah. Um, uh, when he went in. He went in on the uh, – it was a kickoff return. He wanted to make the tackle. He made the tackle, but his arm hit the, hit the knee of the return man. It fractured his arm. Obviously, he immediately rolled on the ground. CBS showed the, uh, the replay you saw, it was either a wrist or an arm snap and he's out three to four weeks, which isn't as long as I thought he would be, but it's, it's, it, it still stinks for the guy to, to have that in November, especially coming off his strong LSU game.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I, when I looked up and saw it, I texted you and said, he's done for the season. Uh, and we were talking about how big that is because then, you know, Derek Henry gets hurt or even just has a stinger or gets his yeah. helmet pulled off. And we're looking at Damian Harris as our backup running back. Which we're Damian looking at Bo. for the next three to four weeks. Well, who do you think is going to
1: really seize that role? Do you think it's going to be Damien or do you think it's going to be Bo? Uh, I,
0: I think we're going to talk about that later, Patrick, and we should probably just tease that for right now and say, if you want to know our answer to that, you should listen later on in the podcast. Uh, but no, in all seriousness, I think it's going to be Bo Scarborough, but I'll tell you why later. Uh, Kenyon okay, cool. Drake, why? why are running backs on kick coverage, Patrick? Aren't there walk-ons that are dying to play? They want to be put out there for that?
1: I I honestly can't tell you. It's just something that Nick Saban's always done. You'd have to ask him. I don't even know that he's really addressed it too much. I could look it up, tell us, you know, make a post later, but.
0: Mark Ingram's Heisman year, he and Kate Foster had a joint forced fumble. (laughs) It was one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my life. But Mark had him around the ankles and Kate Foster just came in and just knocked it right out. He
1: just likes to put his best players on the field no matter what the
0: play is. I can respect that. Holla back. Let's move on. Let's go to around the NCAA. Patrick, guess what? <laughs> I'm,
1: I'm reading it now, yeah. Guess I, what? I'll let you talk for a good three minutes.
0: Yeah, you go ahead and put your headset down because I'm ready. <laughs> Baylor, I told you. I told you, Baylor. Last week in my sound off, I went off. Patrick, you and I had a broken connection. You couldn't hear me for half of my rant i went off on baylor i went off i told you you didn't play in a conference championship you hired a pr firm last year to try and get you in the college football playoff and now you're complaining about how the committee doesn't like you huh wonder why baylor you're constantly criticizing them and then you can't even back it up on the field you're First losing to the the baker the mayfield in oklahoma and giving all these people this baker mayfield heisman hype That he doesn't deserve, and I'm sorry, but I'm so sick of Kirk Herbstreet and all these people talking about how this was such a defensive matchup. The final was 44-34. There was no defense. There were some big hits, but that's going to happen when you run 150-something plays in a game. Baylor, I told you, you don't deserve it, and you're not worth it, and I'd rather see TCU play every single Saturday for the rest of my life than watch you play for another down. Baylor wow. is the Auburn of the Big 12. That's how I'm ending that. Let's move I'll, on to Oklahoma.
1: I will let you end it like that. Cool. Well, I'm supposed to be talking about Oklahoma here, who beat Baylor. Beat
0: uh, Baylor.
1: The question is – Baylor is lost, Oaks, Patrick. Baylor lost. Hey, so did Auburn. Is cool Oklahoma top. a threat? That's That was the question. Uh, they beat Baylor. They've lost to Texas, and they play TCU – they play Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State's really the other team now there that's sitting there where a lot of people say the winner of that could be in the college football playoff. I say I say, wait on that a minute. But I will tell you what Oklahoma is reminding me of right now. Oklahoma is reminding me a little bit of Ohio State last year. I know you could shake your head, but just hear me out. So Oklahoma's ranked six. At this point last year, Oklahoma was ranked six, or Ohio State was ranked six. Uh, people, when we talked about Ohio State last year – they lost Virginia tech. Can't forgive that loss. No Virginia tech's awful this year, guys. And Ohio state lost to them. That
0: was the uh, first game of the season. First game though, of the Patrick. season.
1: But listen, Oklahoma
0: lost this by is seven a rivalry to Texas. game on the biggest stage. This is Texas's biggest game of the
1: year. I'm just telling you, they're picking up steam. They're playing. Well, the committee is going to look at how they're playing now and not how they looked because they're going to have one loss. Notre Dame's going to have one loss. Now, Notre Dame, we're going to talk about our top four in a minute, so I just think I'll just go ahead and name mine because I've got Bama, Clemson, Ohio State, and Notre Dame. And notice I don't have Oklahoma there because if I'm on the committee, I'm saying Oklahoma's playing some great football. But Notre Dame beat Texas 38-3, to and I can't get past that Notre Dame's one loss is to another team we're putting in the playoff and Oklahoma lost to the team that Notre Dame beat 38-3. to But if Notre Dame happens to lose to Stanford or another team – and Oklahoma's in there, and they make the top four, I'm telling you, they're not a team to take lightly because of the way they're playing now, not at that 12 o'clock game against Texas. I know I make excuses for the time of the game every now and then, but there are anomalies in football.
0: We've no, seen I agree them. with you.
1: Alabama's I mean, played in so many anomaly games in the last four years. Every game we've lost has been an anomaly in my mind. A little bit of crimson glasses there, but you know what I mean.
0: I'm trying to think of one that I could argue is an LSU 2011. Yeah, that was that was a hard fought game that we lost. And yeah. Even then, I and mean, every pick... game
1: is a hard fought game that we lost. But I think Ole Miss this year was an anomaly. I think when we lost to Texas A&M, the reason we lost that game is because we just came out flat, fell down 21 to nothing. Then we came right back, and then made They missed magic. an
0: extra point. I'll never forget that.
1: I was at work.
0: I was. uh, This is a great story. I was in New Orleans presenting an 11-page research paper on ethnicity and sports that I had written.
1: I remember when you did that.
0: Yeah. And I I left. Because I I remember thinking, and my dad came into town. Dad, if you're listening, I'm so sorry I wasn't there. Came into town to hang out with me and my brother, and I went to New Orleans to present a paper. He still had a great time at the game, I'm assuming, until it ended. Dad, I'm sorry I wasn't there. But, (laughs) I remember walking out so i presented that paper to 11 texas a&m graduates and they're all like snickering and stuff during my presentation i'm like something's going on like there is some like did i forget to brush my teeth like i've gone over this presentation a hundred times i've got note cards i'm wearing a suit like i looked good and so i'm like okay it's not it's not me something's going on with them like maybe somebody farted or something and i don't know nope they were up twenty to nothing, and they couldn't de- wait for me Our to be done with farted. my presentation. R D. R D. Okay,
1: but all that is making my point that Oaklay, oh, i don't have Oklahoma in my top four. But if they sneak in, if they beat Oklahoma State and TCU, and uh, either a the committee decides that they deserve it over Notre Dame, or b Notre Dame just outright loses, I think they're in. And if they make it in the way they're playing now, and provided they win the next two games. We went into that Ohio State game last year, at least in my mind, thinking, listen, they lost to Virginia Tech. We're playing great football right now, and they're playing their third-string quarterback. And I feel like there are a lot of fans that would say, listen, Oklahoma lost to Texas, and they're playing a former walk-on. Just don't sleep on them. That's
0: that's my point. No, I mean, I'm not going to, but Notre Dame's next two games are Boston College and Stanford. At Stanford. That'll be an impressive win. Stanford's
1: played good football. They lost last week, though, didn't they? They did. They, they lost did. to uh, uh, Oregon. But they're playing good football. They they lost by two. But they could, they could beat Notre Dame. They, they could. could. I don't think they will. They
0: could. Here's the thing. Oklahoma's next two games. Do you know who they are?
1: TCU-Oklahoma State. Or Oklahoma State this week, right?
0: No. TCU. One loss TCU this week. Next week, Oklahoma State. You're right. You're right. You're, You're right. telling me that you think... If Oklahoma beats a one-loss, Javon Boykin-led TCU team, turns around, beats Oklahoma State undefeated, that the committee will deem Notre Dame a better team to put in the college football playoff because of the Texas game?
1: Well, that'll be the million-dollar question,
0: right? because it, it will i just don't see it happening i think i think a lot ball. of it also
1: hangs on what clemson does if clemson goes undefeated yeah. and notre dame's only losses to clemson
0: that's true that's a good point but also oklahoma's as, losses as, to a team that as notre dame you destroyed, know patrick as you know the committee
1: loves power five conferences they sure do and notre dame could you know not win in
0: the conference championship and get penalty that's that's why we need an 18. But, I mean, off. Big 12 but. doesn't play in a conference championship. There's no way that Oklahoma plays in a conference championship. That's true. Guess who's Shoot. not playing in the conference championship either? Because they suck at football. Auburn? Baylor. Baylor. <laughs> you uh, already gave me your four. I'm going to give you mine Clemson, Bama, yeah. o- Ohio State, Oklahoma State. I like do Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. You think Oklahoma State beats Oklahoma? I do. I do. Uh, where is that game? Do we know? I'm going to get our stats guy to look that up.
1: We kind of covered our next question also, by the way, because the next question was, is Notre Dame a lock if they went out?
0: That game's I'm, – I'm hearing from our stats guy that that game's in Stillwater. I'm our stats guy, in case you're wondering. Our
1: that stats game's guys in Stillwater. Wife, I
0: don't see Oklahoma marching into Stillwater and Baker. I will say this, too. If Baker Mayfield wins out and has two decent games, he didn't even have to have good games. If he throws for 100, 150 yards and rushes for a touchdown, they will deliver the Heisman to him. They won't even think twice, unless Derrick Henry just goes off in the Iron Bowl and rushes for a million yards. It'll be interesting. If, Di-
1: if Derrick Henry keeps playing the way he is, Baker Mayfield wins out, um, and Elliott rushes for 100 yards like he has in every game this season, it's going to be a tough... And that's our next thing, is, is the Heisman talk. Uh, we have five who we think we're going to get invited. Uh, we we gave five; it's just an arbitrary number. Sometimes it takes more or less. Uh, and I put in order right now who I think, and how I think they'll finish, will be Henry, Elliott, Mayfield, Fournette, and Watson uh, from Clemson.
0: Yeah, but like I, we said, there's too much November left to pick a winner.
1: Yeah, yeah, it, there really is. There's still all the huge there's games. Just, are still there's just there's so schedule. much
0: that could happen. Like. Ezekiel Elliott, I hope this doesn't happen because I love watching him play. I hate that he plays for Ohio State. I love watching him play. Ezekiel Elliott could go out Saturday and break both of his legs.
1: I remember. Uh, the, the Heisman already had Leonard Fournette's name on it two weeks ago at this time.
0: Exactly. Who knows? Like that, I mean, it's just, you know.
1: And Trent was a lock a couple
0: years ago when Manziel won. And then the year before that, nobody was even talking about RG3 till right about now. You remember yeah, that he
1: he had he had
0: the
1: The Heisman is like
0: he beat Oklahoma the, in that one game and that's when everybody lost their minds over him. Remember cuz Oklahoma he came in the year right number now. 1. Robert Griffin the 3rd has a statue on Baylor's camp. Baylor, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> okay. The Heisman trophy is i not even I know much... I'm not on the Heisman trophy right now. They gave Robert Griffin the 3rd a statue in Baylor. I'm on the Heisman trophy. It's a it's college
1: football's beauty contest. It takes so much more than just end of the year. Here's their numbers. It takes what they've done in November, what they've done the last two weeks, how they've been off the field, how they've been in the media, how the media is talking about it, because they influence the world, the the award more than anybody. It's it, it's such a fickle thing. And then unless you have Cam Newton in 2010, who yeah, okay, Cam Newton won the Heisman, guys. Let's let's be serious. Unless he accepted money, and we can prove it. That's your only hope, Alabama fans, is you better hope he, they can prove he took money. Otherwise, Cam Newton's your Heisman winner. Yeah. All right, guys? Then, you, you know what? This year's going to be a great race, and it's it's different than the last it's couple gonna years be, gonna because be nobody stuck out. This yeah. time last year, everybody was saying, well, uh, of course Mariota's won it. Nobody else is even sticking out. Heis- Winston can't keep uh, out of trouble,
0: and nobody else is sticking out. Big names right now for the Doak Walker Award. Devonte Booker, Utah; Dalvin Cook from Florida State; Leonard Fournette from LSU; Derrick Henry from Alabama. I'm going to stop there. Ezekiel Elliott from Ohio State. Now I'm going to stop because I think one of those guys wins the Heisman.
1: Running back year. It's a running back year.
0: And well, then I think it's so. going to be either Elliott or Henry. I think it's either going to be Henry or Mayfield. Like I said, I put, I put If put Mayfield, if Mayfield wins out, Patrick, they're not. They're going. I, they're going to hand deliver it to him.
1: I agree with you because they want. It's a quarterback's award, It is, and Oklahoma is, is just as high up in, in voters' minds as Alabama. So if you Take get a running Rayfield back from Alabama yards and a running Kansas. back from an Oklahoma—I mean, the other way around. a quarterback from Oklahoma running back from Alabama, they're going to give it to the quarterback, if there's even a debate to be had. Plus, he's got the whole former walk-on discussion.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, he's had a great year. Anyway, this Hit is the next— a chip on
0: his shoulder. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Can we go to the next segment? Because that's the one I've been looking the most forward to too much november left you, like you, said. you texted like, me this Heisman.
0: you okay let's let's end this on a nice note give me your top two we've we've named the five that are going to get invited i haven't named mine henry how Mayfield, they're going to finish it right now Cornette. i'm looking at my list i have four no three running backs two quarterbacks i don't think deshaun Same. watson comes close even if he wins out he'll just he'll just be a fun
1: guy to have at the ceremony
0: yeah, um, he, he will be the Amari Cooper of last. Although he
1: was my preseason pick, so who knows. Uh, okay. T- top two, I think, is going to be Henry Elliott at the end of the year. And you say Henry I, I say Henry
0: Mayfield. We'll see how the next couple weeks go, couple weeks go. I think this award will be decided before the conference championship games.
1: Better Let's be, move on. It doesn't help. it doesn't help uh, – doesn't help your boy Mayfield if that's not the case. Uh, the he, next discussion.
0: Or this thing for my boy. Okay.
1: This is this discussion is the one that I want people to. Before we get into it, if you listen, I want you to join in with us on. I think I want Weigh to put a
0: question on social media because this is the fun one. Let's put it there. Let's. You know what you can do with Twitter now? You can make Twitter polls. We need to make a Twitter poll.
1: You can make a Twitter poll. Okay. So since Saban got to Alabama, he's had six. Um, main running, I mean, we've had more than six, obviously, but six yeah, main right. guys It went Coffee, Ingram, Richardson, Lacey, Yeldon, Henry, in that order. That's kind of how they, you know, how they take over. They play yep. backup for a year, and then they take over. So I texted you, and I actually didn't ask this question myself. I don't remember where I saw it. It was somewhere on the internet, either Reddit or a message board or something like that. So I can't remember where to quote the original question, but I asked you. And so we ranked them. We're going to say our rankings, and we want to hear your rankings, because we like social media, and we like interaction.
0: And we like you, interferers. Yeah, it sounds weird. It just sounds weird.
1: I want to play off Pat somehow, but we'll keep going.
0: We'll figure it out. I'm we'll going to give you my right cakes. Now. This, We want to hear this,
1: you, you Patty Cakes' response. See, that's no, the worst.
0: That's That's the worst
1: one. That's I terrible. That one for, I know you'd love it.
0: You know people are going to call it that now, because you said that. I'll edit well, that out. Forget it. Uh, don't edit it out. Let's. I stand by <laughs> it. This, this put my stomach in knots, Patrick. Mark Ingram is my favorite Alabama player of all time. I think he exemplified what Alabama should be. It's, it's ground and pound. It's grit. And at the end of the day, you're humble. Bear Bryant always said, you knock a guy on his ass and then you pick him back up. And that's what Mark Ingram did every single time he had the ball. I will never forget that South Carolina game in his Heisman year when we ran the Wildcat eight plays in a row for 80 yards on like a six-minute drive.
1: I was was about to be an Alabama student at the time. I remember watching that and going, wow, this is going to be a fun four years. And it was, guys. It really was.
0: was It was awesome. So that being said, I'm going to put Mark Ingram at number one. I will say this. With all the guys we just named, you can make an argument for any of them being number one except TJ Yeldon in my mind. And I'm going to tell you why I'm not exactly high on TJ Yeldon at the end of this. Here's my list I'm going Ingram Richardson Lacey or Henry Call them 3A and 3B We'll have to wait Until Henry's season's over But I remember The last two or three games Eddie Lacey single-handedly Won the SEC championship For Alabama He did He had a great game His yards after contact Was in the 90s I want to say During that game I'll look that up later So 3A, 3B Lacey, Henry That was called a normal Saturday For Richardson though That's true. That's why Richardson's ahead of both of them. Glenn Coffey's next, okay? And almost 3C. I mean, because Glenn Coffey, that 2008 season, was the majority, what, you thought John Parker Wilson was going to go and win us some football games? No. Well, that's not going to happen. That's not going to happen. So, Glenn Coffey, I'm going to say 4, but really I want to say 3C, but that's not fun. Last is Yeldon. Here's why. In the three years that the dynasty was Ingram, Richardson, and Lacey, they lost a total amount of fumbles wherever on the field. They lost, I think it was either three or four fumbles, and one of those was Eddie Lacey in garbage time, his like freshman year, and he got flipped by his feet and threw it through the end zone, and it was one of the most glorious fumbles I've ever seen. Uh, <laughs> Style another for one. A was the painful game against Cam Newton when Mark Ingram fumbled it and it rolled 30 yards and then bounced once over the pylon out of bounds for a touchback. You know, I
1: would have forgotten about that play the rest of my life had you not mentioned it.
0: Exactly. That's what I mean. It's These fumbles are not that, that bad. That Richardson dropping the pass in the end zone. Oh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. There's a lot of plays from that game that we're never going to talk about again other than episode 12. Rue the day. So, anyway, like I was saying, they lost a total of three to four fumbles total that's ingram richardson lacy tj yeldon lost three in the red zone and lost two inside the five in his years at alabama so i put yeldon the
1: other between the other 20 yard lines
0: i put yeldon dead last for that reason and he's a distant last i liked tj yeldon i did uh he brought a new sort of I don't know, dynamic to the position. I think he handled Lane Kiffin's offense pretty well. I mean, you think about it. T.J. Yeldon was recruited by one offensive coordinator, came in, played for another offensive coordinator for two years, and then played for another offensive coordinator his last year at Alabama. That's got to be he's doing it.
1: And he's doing well as a, as a rookie in the NFL. I get what you're saying playing, about him. Playing
0: he, for Jacksonville, too. Yeah. It, it's not like he's going out there playing for the Patriots and playing well. He's playing for a team that has no offensive line and a quarterback that's scared to death. So I put them at a distant last. I like them. So that's my list. I'm going Ingram, Richardson, Lacey, or Henry, Coffey, and Yeldon. Patrick, give me your list. Well, I –
1: okay, I erased mine and put it back and erased mine and put it back a million times. The top three, uh, I will argue these three guys have had the task of carrying the the offense because of quarterback play at their time in Alabama. I know you said Coffey – uh you know kind of carried the team and uh, I, Wilson wasn't terrible as a senior not like the quarterbacks that Henry has now Ingram had and none of them were terrible let me get that straight but Ingram had in 2009 and Richardson had in 2011 Richardson had uh, uh a first year starter AJ McCarron Ingram had Greg McElroy that really didn't ever win a game with his arm uh in two years starting Henry's got Coker who is my least favorite of all of them so i put Richardson one Ingram 2, Henry 3. I'm going to tell you why I chose Richardson over Ingram. Uh, Ingram has the trophy. Ingram has the undefeated season. Richardson actually had a better 2011 season, numbers-wise, than Ingram had. So that's kind of why. I, and
0: and honestly, it, like we were so talking close. about earlier, it's probably so could have won the Heisman if he played in the conference championship game.
1: If he had played in a conference championship, I think he would have won the Heisman over Robert Griffin. But he didn't. He doesn't have the hardware, but the numbers... Are better. Uh, I think his impact on the field was either equal or, or slightly better.
0: Um, his, his Ingram pass blocking Ingram, is what stands out to me. Why yes. I put him over everybody else's. His pass blocking, and Mark Ingram's was too, but Mark Ingram didn't have the ability to absolutely level some linebacker. Now, Mark Ingram was great at stopping a blitz, but if you wanted someone that would make a statement and say, okay, we can't blitz when Trent Richardson's in the game protecting the quarterback, I mean, that that's the guy. Trent yeah. Richardson is the guy that made you say, we can't do that anymore because we can't get to the quarterback. Ingram put
1: Bama football on the map. There's no denying that. But Richardson, I think, continued and, and excelled him in the next year. I think Henry, after this year, because he's so close to to their rushing numbers right now. I'm going to scroll up on this page I was looking at. I scrolled down just having some fun with it. But, I mean, uh, let's see. As of right now, we're looking at single season. Come on, rushing yards, single-season rushing yards. He's at four all-time. He's got 14.58 right now. Ingram's uh, at number two. He's, gonna, he's going to pass Bobby Humphrey this weekend, 14.71. Ingram is exactly 200 yards ahead of that. And then Richardson has got exactly 21 yards ahead of Ingram. I think this year Henry will pass that, and
0: he'll pass the single-season rushing touchdowns because he's at if you uh, ask me this question, 19 now. If- Richardson's at 21. If you ask me this question at the end of the season, I think I will have Henry at a solid three. Pending Henry, him Henry completely can be losing one. Henry can it. be one. If he wins the highest That's then, why I saying. any of these guys could be one, Patrick. That's a thing. That's a thing. Let, let's do this right now. Okay. Just going in order of when they went to Alabama. Coffee could be number one because he didn't have anybody around him. Coffee was alone that season and did what he did. He also taught Mark Ingram how to play football, in my opinion. Mark Ingram won the Heisman People Trophy. People don't
1: remember Coffee because he retired early in the NFL as
0: well, and went to go do something awesome. But that's a different discussion. Yeah, he was just kind of done with
1: football. But he was, Mark still, Ingram, he was still good in the NFL for a couple. Mark years.
0: Ingram's the only Heisman winner at Alabama. Trent Richardson was great at stopping the run, or stopping the blitz. Excuse me.
1: Eddie Lacy, Lacy physically had, might have been
0: better than any of them.
1: Eh. Skills wise, he might have been the best.
0: No, I don't think so. I don't. I don't. I think skills wise, Mark Ingram. Had it and still has it, better than all of them. And I know Eddie Lacy's been great the past couple of years, but look at this season. Mark Ingram's blossomed these past two seasons. Uh, Derrick Henry is bigger than any of these guys we've just mentioned by a lot. And I know bigger, Trent more was... physically
1: imposing. And even Yeldon has more rushing yards than any of them on the list. Even though right. he had and the that's what goals, I was about to say,
0: Yeldon has the numbers, so you could argue
1: number one for any of these guys. And none of these guys have rushed for more career yards than Kenneth Darby.
0: Ken Darby.
1: Okay, I got to finish my list, though. I said Richardson, Ingram, Henry, with Henry possibly vaulting himself to number one if he finishes the year strong. Because he will break those records if he finishes the year strong. I just I don't see anybody
0: being better than Mark Ingram.
1: Then you got Lacey. I put Lacey next, Yeldon, then Coffee. That was, I, my, that was my six.
0: Tory. Sheehan, who came on a couple of episodes ago to fill in for you, and does her weekly score predictions that are surprisingly accurate, except last week. Uh, I say surprisingly, because every week she says, well, I don't really know. Let's just say, blooda to blooda. And she nails it every week. No clue how she does it. Uh, I secretly think she analyzes statistics for like three weeks before the game. But anyway, she always brings up this idea of the fraternity of running back. She's yeah, exactly. <laughs> she brings up this fraternity of running backs discussion where she says coffee ta- taught Ingram, Ingram taught Richardson, Richardson taught Lacey, and it died there. And it's starting to come back now with Yeldon and Kenyon Drake and those sort of guys. Uh, I'm not sure that I buy into it fully. I definitely buy into it from Ingram to Richardson to Lacey. Uh, I agree with her that it kind of died there. I'm not sure we're going to ever see it again because I think those three players that we just mentioned – were better friends than they were teammates. Uh I think on the field they sort of had their own issues because there was a lot of star power there and they were struggling with that, but not in a bad way. I think off the field they're better friends than any of these running backs that we've named. So, I think that has something to play into it and I think Mark Ingram's a huge piece of that because he's the middle brother in that line, you know. I don't know. I don't know. It's a great discussion. I'm glad you brought it up. Next week we're going to rank the gonna, linebacker. As soon
1: as, as soon as we finish here, I'm going to post it on Facebook and Twitter. So you'll have but already seen it like before. like you we... said, Ken Darby has, what was it, more yards than any of them? He also was basically a four-year. He, he had more years starting than any of those guys. It was a different era. Different era. Different time. He just had more. The, most of these guys didn't start for more than two years. And uh, Lacey started for, or uh, Yeldon may have started for three, if you want to call it. He did last year starting, but... That's a fun discussion. Let's move on to Charleston Southern. We do hold have on, a game hold this on. week.
0: Guess what? Guess what? Guess what? Have you ever seen those commercials for the Hopper from Dish? <laughs> yes. You know when the guy's taking the mini casserole out of the mini oven in his backyard. Do you know what he yeah, says? I like that when one. He's walking back to his couch. No. Hot, 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 hot. hot. <laughs> <You gotta laughs> that hot one, yeah, I here. do. Hot, hot, hot. Hot, hot, hot. What takes. Patrick, is this game pivotal for Derrick Henry, the Charleston Southern game? Is it pivotal for Derrick Henry to win the Heisman, yes or no, and why? It better not be. It's Charleston Southern.
1: I want to rest the guy. I really don't want him to run the more, ball more than 12 I times. I agree. I'll, I'll give you 12 rushes, but if he gets injured in this game, there will be hell to pay.
0: I hope the voters see that and agree with us that – and Charleston Southern is not a bad team. They're not bad. They're 9-1. So, they got the same record as us. They he get may different play a but... little bit better than, or a little bit more than you think. I don't think he has to play great this game. I think he needs to go out there and put a, a decent performance together. Decent being a touchdown 50 He needs to score. Yards. He
1: should score a touchdown. He scored a touchdown on every game for the last calendar year.
0: Yes. Hot
1: takes. How much do the ones play next week, Patrick? uh first half and then the first five minutes of the
0: third quarter i agree let's move on is this a tryout for both scarborough and damian harris to decide who takes the backup job next year because remember one of them is now the backup running back with Kenyon drake's absence after he's broken his arm he's out three to four weeks is this a tryout to see who becomes the starter slash backup for next season oh absolutely
1: i i think this the winner of this competition will be the le- the, the lead race and, and the starter for next year because they're not going to give the ball to Henry or not they're not going to give the ball to Drake twenty five times in a game. You saw the end of last game; uh, they almost split carry for carry, and it wasn't much. It was garbage time, but it won't be garbage time anymore. They'll get one of these guys or both of them are going to start getting the ball in the first, second, third quarter. Yeah, so it is it is a triad of sorts. All right. Another hot take. Who do you
0: think it is? Both Scarborough or Damien Harris? Pick one. My money's on Scarborough. My money's on Scarborough, too. I saw him running at me at a million miles an hour when I was working camera one night on the sidelines. And I saw my life flash before my eyes because dear Lord, he's one of the biggest human beings I've ever seen. Harris is very talented. I
1: just think he needs to put on uh, a little bit more weight. And I think he will.
0: I think that both Scarborough is in the Joust and Fowler range where he's in danger of becoming a fullback if he doesn't stop bulking up. Let's move (laughs) on. Hot takes. No score predictions this week. Over under thirty eight and a
1: half. Patrick, go under. Never take Alabama in in a cupcake game. Never take them on the over.
0: Absolutely under 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 by the under. Patrick, we're going with the hot takes. Hot takes are done. Charleston Southern. They're cooled off now. They're cooled off. They're not hot hot hot. Okay. Sound off time You you and I have Some brutal, brutal sound offs This week, I'm gonna take it a little easy Cause I went pretty hard last week on Baylor And I'm I'm still kinda hung over On it, so, you go ahead Give me your sound off, Patrick Go for it
1: Okay, if you want me to go hard, I will Listen, Facebook Used to be such a Great place uh, You would find friends on there, friends that went to other schools It was mostly young people And then everybody got on Facebook, which was fine. My parents got on, my family got on, I could talk to them. Still fine, a little bit different, but fine. Then it became so commercialized, so commercialized. And then it went even farther, and now it is what it is now. And I will say this, and I tell my wife this every day while she's looking at Facebook and tells me what she sees, or even when I say something I see on Facebook, I hate it. I hate that platform. I hate the platform. It is... It is a distraction it's a big pissing contest and it's never been bigger than it has been this week remember uh the 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 shooting in charleston in the church horrible tragedy for america dark day in our history very dark day and the social media spin it's it's almost like we were afraid to talk about what happened there yeah Uh, it was too touchy so instead everybody everybody had to sound off it's just a big place it's a big pedestal for people to stand on and put themselves on just decided to argue about the rebel flag and now it's just a horrible 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 thing happened in in France a week ago in Paris and and my heart goes out to him I pray for him every day and I just I don't know people just want to sound intelligent want to sound in And all they'd want to do is argue the the refugee. I'm not going to sit here on a podcast and tell you how I feel about whether or not we should take in Syrian refugees because I'm not that guy. I'm a member of the media, and I don't sound off on stuff like that. But the incessant arguing and and belittling and and everybody's just trying to hold their head a little bit higher than the person under them, it's just – it's sad it's dividing it's divide it's it it's it's divides our country more than than i can even remember
0: it's it sucks and uh like you said the stuff in paris last week is terrible uh everyone involved you know our hearts go out to you i feel like we do these one a week now patrick where something terrible happens and you and i are saying you know thoughts and prayers are out with you so sorry for your loss sorry for your tragedy Yes. This this was huge last week.
1: But we're distracting ourselves. We're distracting ourselves from talking about that
0: to talk about something. Well,
1: and the thing is, the 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 refugee thing is a little bit more related than than the rebel flag thing was. The rebel flag thing was a big distraction from us talking about Charleston. But this is all this is a little bit of a distraction, and I can't get off Facebook because, like I said, I'm a reporter. Like I have to stay on Facebook. It's part of my job, and my family's on there, and that's some of my family. That's the only way they talk to me. So I don't really log on my personal account that much. I might I might look at it once every other day or once a day, but I just I'm.
0: <sighs> all that being tw- said, Twitter, like, Twitter,
1: and Reddit are the places where I go now.
0: All that being said, like Pat's interference on Facebook.
1: Like it on Facebook.
0: Hypocrisy. That, thy go name to that page. is Pat's interference. Okay, my sound off this week, Patrick. I'm. <sighs> Sports Center was a show when I was a kid where I would go and I would watch people like Scott Van Pelt or Stuart Scott, rest in Dan peace, Patrick. Dan Patrick, those oh, sort of guys. Those are, were men of the sports world who went out, put their own interesting spin, maybe, maybe laugh a little bit. They weren't cracking jokes every five seconds like these clowns on SportsCenter now. They weren't uh, rating the Heisman candidates by emojis. And they did their research before they went on the show. I'm not sure where we're getting these people. Patrick, you alluded to it earlier in the podcast, and I'm going to go off on it now. I'm a huge Nashville Predator fan. Uh, You know that. The Predators are everything to me in the hockey world. I love them to death. They have a goalie. His name is Pekka Rinne. Pekka Rinne. P-E-K-K-A-R-I-N-N-E. I understand it is hard to look at and just automatically know how to pronounce it. But if he is in your top 10 and you are standing there with a script in front of your freaking face and you don't turn to the cameraman or turn to your producer or turn to another anchor and say, hey, how do I say this? And the commercial break beforehand or before the show, it's pretty standard that you read over your script. And then you come out and you say Pekka which isn't even close. When he's one of, It's not like he's like a backup goalie either, Patrick. This guy was second for the Hard Award last year. He had the second lowest GAA last year. And the second highest games played last year. This guy was on SportsCenter at least once every two weeks at the end of last season. How do you not know how to say his name? And that really made me very critical, and I've been critical for a while now of SportsCenter... And the show's just really gone downhill. Uh, I don't really find news on it anymore. It's more now I just kind of go to it as a distraction, as an escape. That's my sound off on SportsCenter. Thank you for being patient with me, Patrick. I'm sorry I didn't go so hard on them like I did Baylor. I know you're Oh,
1: absolutely. I agree with you. I'm with you there, man.
0: And that'll do it. That's it. That is it. For episode 12. Thank you so much, everybody, uh, for for listening. As always, this is a huge hobby of ours. We've talked about doing this for a long, long time. Uh, we we really enjoy this. We can't believe that we get to do this every week. Uh, it's really just been a blessing. So, thank you so much for listening. Uh look for the the rankings on uh the the Alabama running back rankings on social media. We're gonna post those. Uh, hope you enjoy your weekend it's charleston southern weekend not a huge deal next week's episode gonna be a very very big deal it is iron bowl week time to get ready for it thank you so much for listening again everybody and roll tide